At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit. This is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Friday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkan, and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Uh, we're going to talk rotation. We're going to talk tech. We're going to talk the banks. Alibaba, Novavax is your big mover of the morning. we got some earnings on our radar. Ulta, DocuSign. We'll take questions from our chat. Two guests on the radar today. First up is... Uh, we got our sponsor, uh, Marcus Heidkotter, at 8.35, 8.30, somewhere in that window. And then Jason Rasnick will be on at 8.45. Today's show is also sponsored by Rockwell Trading. Trade what you see, not what you think. And we're going to rockwelltrading.com slash Benzinga. The link is up on the screen. Before I throw it to Joel, remind you to all hit that like button. Thank you very much. Joel, how are we doing this morning? Oh, no, we're on mute here. Let's unmute you. Can you unmute yourself? I'm not sure why that happened. Good morning, traders and investors. Uh, We have a potential double top in the S&P 500 futures. We hit 59 and a quarter back earlier in February, 58 and a half today. Sold off into the close, had a little bit of continuation down to 10 and a quarter, but the buy to the dippers came in. We're at mid-range on the session. All-time closing high from yesterday is 36.75. That is a big level. Crude in the red by 31 cents at 65.71. Gold once again flirting with the $1700 level down $19.70 at 17.0290. Silver lo- losing uh 54 cents here at 25.65 and uh Bitcoin down a little bit, down $1,560 at $56,400. So Triple D coming to the end of the week. Uh, rollovers kind of kind of coming to an end. What what are you seeing out there in the after hours and pre-market? I'll buy the dip. I mean, this is what's happened ever since really it started. I would say it started more at 7 o'clock here. Um, just jumping over and, you know, looking at the charts. 
uh, you see a lot of brokerages that can't trade. You, you often see this when we're down significantly before 7 a.m. Eastern. You have a lot of brokers. Like, what times Robinhood allow you to start trading? Nine. Does anybody know? Nine o'clock. I know. Not till nine. There's a lot of retail brokers that don't allow trading before 7 a.m. So when you see a significantly dip, you have people like licking their chops. Oh, I want to buy stocks. I want to buy stocks. I want to buy stocks. And then all of a sudden they let them in at 7 a.m. And that's when Edge comes online. That's when you actually have some other exchanges come online too. And then you see the market, you know, start to pick up. So I often, if I'm short stocks, I often like to get covered before seven. Um, if we're having a big down day, because you know, there's often some strength after that. So it's a funny market. This is, you know, how, you know, looking at little edges all the time like that, but. If you're down big, really, it seems like the buyers start to come in as, as soon as 7 o'clock comes around. Wow, we're really rallying here, Joel. Yeah, I know. It's I a nice, know. it's a nice, it's it's been, it's been a good trading morning, actually. Kind of textbook, sell off overnight, and then just kind of leaking back. Like, look at, let's bring up the S&P charts here and just show the pre-market charts. So you can yeah, I mean, about. we got a hack of a looking rally. looking at a Bitcoin chart isn't helping us here. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, we uh right around look at four this o'clock rally. Yeah. yeah, but look, okay, so we made the lows, we hung out there really for three hours, but look at it at seven AM. Look what I'm talking about. Point to the seven AM. When Edge comes on, you have a lot of retail brokers come online. Right that's right when the buying started again. Good point. Yeah. Good point. So, you know, that's just a tip going forward. If you guys are traders and you're looking at different, you know, obviously different opportunities there. If you have access before six thirty. A lot of times you see buyers start to come in right at 7 o'clock. And what about 4 a.m. too? I mean, 4 a.m., you had that spike down, and then you just kind of hung. I mean, you hung out there. This is a 15-minute chart. You hung out for a good hour or so, uh, and that, that's when the low. I, I've tried to track that, you know, like when the overnight highs, and it's kind of inconsistent because sometimes you get a spike like at 8 o'clock, you know, p.m., that's a, a fade. That's when you shut down trading. So uh, very hard. But this one in particular, yep, we did make that uh, low. It was about 530. And then you see that 7 o'clock bump Dennis is talking about. Uh, trying to get unchanged. Unchanged, 36.75. Jump over individual stories. You teased it off the bat. Alibaba, I guess, is going to be a storied stock today. It is down six bucks. I still have it in the long-term portfolio almost feel like rebuying the shares that I sold. Remember when I was spooked? I didn't know what was going on, on with Jack Ma. And I sold it right here. This I could actually re-get my shares that I had sold when I was nervous about Jack Ma. Didn't know where his whereabouts and obviously didn't know. And it sounds to me like, well, give us the details here, Spencer, of the headline today. Yeah, so this was, uh, part of this was actually out yesterday. Uh, They're they're being fined $975 million, according to a report. Um, And this is from the Wall Street Journal. And I don't know if if it was out this morning uh, or or last night, but also uh, other media outlets reporting that the CEO of Ant Financial is, is out the door as well. So that that's why the stock is down, is the CEO of Ant Financial being down. But I mean, getting past you know what you know this regulatory investigation is, it's got to be good news too. I don't know. I feel like Alibaba down here is a buy. I've kind of you know I've been all over the place with this one. I've obviously held half of my long term position. Kind of want to get back in. I'm torn. Talk talk to me. I'm very yeah. torn. Chat talk to me. Joel talk to me. Should I or should I not rebuy? My Alibaba shares that I sold when I thought Jack Ma was in trouble. Do you want to do you want to buy it on weakness or do you want to buy it on strength? 
always buy on weakness. I, and this is I, 100% okay. of the time um, when, when I'm investing, I usually am buying a dip. I might be buying in an uptrend, but I'm never buying when we're up six bucks. I'm buying when we're down six bucks. That's why I'm interested today because you obviously have weakness. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Uh, I mean, I would really like to see you get at 231, 232, right? Because it fills that little gap there. And then you're banking on this uh, this 26.53 low because it came down hard. I, I can take your eyes off these things, and it had the big rebound off the uh, you know off that what 211 low or whatever, and it did the 50% retracement. I didn't leave it up there, but it was 265, and I can remember, and it just hung out there for a while. 265, 270, got over 270, and then. Just kind of, just kind of petered out, uh, you know, really on its own. But yeah, get in that area. That's kind of looks like a little bit of, you know, a head and shoulders bottom there too. So maybe if you get it around two thirty or whatever, even I know you like to give yourself some more room. But that's what I'd be looking at it. And then on the upside, I think if you get above two forty two, I think you get a nice move in this one to the upside. Okay, continuing on. I've got. I'm. I'm very distracted this morning. So go, you guys go, are going to have to carry us. I don't know. I just. Everybody waits for me to lead the show here, but lots of positions. I've got my head on a swivel because I got a lot of overnights that I'm trying to work out of. All S mostly S and P stocks usually, but as the markets move around, I'm moving around too. So lead the way, please. Okay. All right, Mr. Israel. That's I'm here. you. All right. Let, let's talk about Novavax. This was your big mover in the after hours session. Uh, moving still this morning. Um, though not as much, they had some COVID vaccine data out and it was very good. They reported that the final efficacy uh, against mild, moderate and severe strains of COVID-19, the vaccine had a 96.4% efficacy rate. This is in a phase three trial in the UK. Um, So that, again, is more effective than Johnson Johnson more effective than Moderna, um, and and um, I'm blanking on the other one, guys. Help me out here. Uh, Johnson Johnson. No, I said that J and J, Moderna, uh, Pfizer. Jeez, Pfizer and 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 and, and BioNTech. Um, oh. So that's uh, more effective than all three. Wow, wowzer, wowzer, wowzer! Uh, boy, someone got real excited there. This would have been worth uh, – this was after hours that this took place. And yeah. uh seems like this vaccine news is kind of – I don't know. It's kind of faded a little bit. But, uh, boy, this 240 area just sticks out like a sore thumb. You had a high there. You got a lot of people caught. And that, that was a golden opportunity after this hit, uh, the all-time high at 330, two-for-one stock split. And then overnight, you're getting halfway back. I don't think you get back up to that area. I think that was a gift. That was a gift rally. We're already 16 points off that, 237.42. I don't know if you have any daily highs in there, but uh, boom, I I think this one. I don't think you see that 237.42. I think you back and fill, and you got a long ways to go to get to the top of yesterday's range at 188 and a quarter. Uh, Spoos just hit mid-range there, and then some people said, okay, time to take some chips off the table. So like this 20, this is basis. I'm still talking March 1st, but uh, 
the March contract is what I'm talking about. Oh, but, I think uh, rallies to be sold in Novavax. I, but yeah. I've been bearish the stock for a while, and obviously I did not see the 150 to 300 rally coming. Yeah. So I'm not a fan. I still think, you know, we're getting past COVID. How many more headlines can you yeah. just keep driving out of COVID? So I just think this is another headline to, you know, to sell in the COVID front. So congratulations to the 240 sellers. I don't think it gets back there either. Um, and just take a look here. I mean, what what did uh, Pfizer, I mean, what did that drug do for them? Yeah, but I again, mean, so we cannot compare Moderna, Novavax to Pfizer and Lilly and Merck because no, the, the, the COVID is all Novavax. Like this is their, their, their this is their, you know, the, the company. I mean, what else does Novavax have, Spencer? Do they have anything else? Oh, they have any other like Moderna, know. Novavax? You're it's right. pretty That's much all point. COVID. Smaller companies like we know Pfizer, AstraZeneca. It's not moving the needle. Gilead. It didn't move the needle for those companies. You can't say the same for Novavax and Moderna because this is you know the, the bulk of the company right now. So I don't know like what else if they've got other drugs in the pipeline or anything like that. But I know you're, you're talking very small market capitalization stocks compared to Pfizer. Yeah, Novavax has nothing, looks like. This is it. But I still think, if you think we're getting past COVID, and these these Novavax and Moderna have been gifted, you know, the returns that they have because of COVID, once COVID's gone, I got to think that, you know, this is not going to continue on. It's merry way higher. I mean, we were $3 before COVID started. And now you're 219 I mean, what do you want? You know, you got it right. Hey, if you bought Novavax back at $10, $15, when you thought this could be the COVID, you got paid. You got paid handsomely. I think 300 is overshoot. I think 200 is an overshoot. I think when the dust settles, Novavax is significantly under $100. But I said that a while ago, and then we had the spike to 300 So, um, you know, I don't know the path to get there, but I just cannot put Novavax in long-term portfolio. Yes, $12 billion valuation. It's not a huge company, but... And that's why, you know, when you're comparing it to Pfizer, you know, just comparatively, I was talking about the market caps, you know, you're looking at Pfizer market cap of $194 billion. So, and a, and a company that's one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies in the world. Novavax has helped us greatly with COVID. We love, you know, the company for doing that and Moderna as well. I just think share, the shareholders have already been rewarded substantially. And I think if you're still hanging on, I think, you know, the better days for these stocks are behind them. Yeah, and also if you think – Dennis is making a great point there. If you're thinking, you know, oh, you know, there's a lot of people long lower, right, that are – if this thing falls to 200, you know, they were long. They were long at, let's say, 40. Oh, I missed 320. A lot of people are going to be willing to sell. There's also people, bag holders, that got it on the way down. They're thinking, man, I can't wait till this gets back to two and a quarter. I'm going to scratch it. Uh, so a little different size – psychology not blue skies ahead uh overhead resistance built into the market and then the other thing i just want to point out on pfizer uh you know we don't talk about it that much but that uh albert what's his name alvin burra or albert burra he dumped a boatload of stock remember that on november 9th and that was the that was the first vaccine monday he dumped a boat was it the night yeah he dumped a bunch of stock right here Right on the open, and that, that was five bucks ago. So you talk about a big insider sell on news. I mean, it ended up going higher to forty three, but that that thirty nine sale is not looking too bad for. Uh, I think it's Albert, right? Is that the guy's name? Uh, I I don't know. I'm sorry, but I do want to correct myself. I, I said that the 
Um, the Novavax vaccine was more effective than all the other vaccines. I stand corrected there. According to the Israel Ministry of Health, uh, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine after the second dose is 97% effective, according to real, it's impressive. real I mean, evidence. So, you know, this for all these companies, you know, putting the stock stuff aside, for what they've accomplished oh, in such little time it's, it's to try to get us back to normal. It breaks, I mean, your, it, it breaks your brain to think about yeah, just the people working there. I got to give it up for the Novavax, Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca. I mean, so many companies doing so much good to try to get us back to normal. So, you know, moving the stock stuff aside, it's it's been unbelievable what they've accomplished. Uh, let's pivot here for a second. Uh, chat's asking about Boeing. We do have some breaking news there. Uh, ah. 777 Partners has ordered 24 737 MAX planes, That's planes. A, according to Reuters. So Boeing is going up on a Friday. All dips in Boeing to be bought, in my opinion. Um, I bought it, and I got spooked out because the market started rolling over a week really? and a half ago. You bought that good. I bought that really well. Yeah, I made yeah. money on it. I did. I did well on it, but I sold out because I was like, I thought the market was going to roll over. And you know what? It did. But again, I do the same thing. I didn't rebuy it. So I thought about rebuying it and I screwed up. So I had bought it at 212 and I sold yeah. like 228 or 229 um, a couple days later because I thought the market was going to go into this ugly period. And wrong, you know, the market pulled back significantly, but, you know, we've now rallied all the way back. So um, I think you got to buy dips on Boeing. I do. Yeah. I wish I was still long and I shouldn't have sold it. What was it a swing or was your? Long- I put it in the long term portfolio, but I thought I could time it better. Okay, All right. so I just put it in two days early, and I was like, I don't like this market, and it rolled over. I thought I could time it better, and you know what? I missed it. I missed it on the rebuy. So try not to trade your long term portfolio. I put that intentionally in the long term portfolio to like because I thought the Boeing story was going to just have you know a lot of upside from here, and it, and obviously it has. I just I got spooked on the market. It was a, it was total market sell. That I was like, I was spooked on everything to a certain extent. I didn't like that the cruise lines and the airlines had that really bad day the one day. That's what really spooked me. If you look like NCLH went from like 34 down to 26, that day is like, oh, what's going on here? You know, cruise lines hammered. And obviously that was an offering, but airlines were hammered that day. I mean, look at the American Airlines went from 2150 down to the low of 1894. They've bounced right back. So I was spooked a little bit on the reopening trade. I second guessed myself. And I was like, okay, well, I can take, you know, a quick 14 points out of this. And I think I was wrong. I think I was too early. And you know what? The market spooked me. And I, I should have went with my initial instincts and held on. You bought that on a down. It was a nice down day, too. I don't know what the news Everything was. I buy in my long-term portfolio, Joel, is in a, on a down day. I will. If I looked at all of my long-term holdings, and this isn't trading. This is investing. It is very, very, very rare for me to buy a stock when it is up on the day. I'm I'm always buying the dip. You know, it's like me. I buy this. I say it all the time. I buy the dip. My long-term investment portfolio, I'm looking at the days. What am I looking at today? Alibaba as a long-term, you know, getting my shares back because it's down six bucks. So it's, you know, what's worked for me and it's what works for the market a lot. I mean, buying the dip has worked. It's been one of the best strategies in this market forever. So I don't know, like it doesn't work on every stock, but if you're looking at buying stuff, buying the rip or buying the dip, I'll choose the dip every single time. 
Uh, I've been talking about this for a while. This thing has a date with 268. I, I don't know if it's going to happen today, but if you think about what the market has done on a relative basis, this hasn't even gotten back half of that move, right? From 446 or whatever down to 89 bucks. And that line is just sticking out like a sore thumb to me. Get up there the first time, maybe hang out for a couple days and then maybe get the dip. Maybe the similar to what the Baba did. Uh, but it's just working its way back up there. If you're looking for a shorter term target, uh, 5846 uh, is your that spike high. You did leak a couple bucks off that to a two and a half bucks. So keep an eye on 5846 for the interim. If they start to go into retreat mode, oh boy, top. Oh, we're right at yesterday's high. That's interesting. We're actually below yesterday's high. Yesterday's high was 56.65. So don't get too excited here. Let's see what happens at 56.65. All right. Um, it is 820. We're going to have Marcus Heidekater on in about 10 or 15 minutes. Let's just do some earnings, and then we'll make sure we get to some questions from our chat because I've got a few that I've written down here. Uh, let's just start with, like, Ulta, Okay. They, they had earnings last night. Also, the CEO is, uh, I guess, uh, retiring or, or resigning. I'm um, not quite clear, but they're, they're, they're going to have a new CEO. Dave Kimball, the president, is replacing Mary Dillon. Uh, they, gave some, uh, they gave some guidance. I guess that their uh, sales were down year over year um, is part of what the street hasn't liked about this report so far. Yeah, well, uh, what ha- what what retailer you know besides Amazon? There's not a lot of retailers that sales were up like box retailers. The sales were up year over year. I mean, it was still yeah. a tough yeah. year. I mean, we've 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 you know got by expectations and stuff, but I mean overall, retailers had a rough year. If you weren't an online retailer, I don't know. Alta maybe has some online, but I know they got a lot of stores too. Yeah, they got a lot of stores. Yeah, I'm torn here on Alta. I mean, this is a stock that has been a relentless uptrend so it's a natural stock for them to buy the dip on i think you do find some dip buyers at 300 i just don't totally get it i don't totally get like the story you know and i it's been a storied stock for a long time i mean really 2014 80 stock and ripping up over five years to over 300 the problem is it got back to like the area you know the old old highs and now it's failing there a little bit i love buying dips I just don't like this. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a, just not a fan of the stock, though. So it's uh, it's too close to the pre-market low to like. I think to be stepping in here. I mean, you did have a initial spike down to three oh seven. You got a little bit of a bounce to three fifteen, but a lot of people are stuck on this one. Uh, you're getting in an area here between three hundred and three twenty where there was just limited support. So I don't know if you're going to see 301.56, but I don't know. Just kind of a lot of people got caught. The monthlies were just telling you to keep an eye on uh, on 350 because it hung out there for a lot in 2019. Then it finally lost it with the markets. Actually, this this was, oh, yeah, 19, it got killed. Then you had the COVID thing. So it's going to be a while. Before this gets back to the 350 area, as I said, pre-market low stands at 307. And then DocuSign reported last night their EPS beat, their sales beat. They gave some guidance. Q1 sales guidance was above the estimate. Fiscal year sales guidance was also (laughs) above the estimate. Doesn't matter. 
they love this stock. So they love this stock. And this is a stock that's probably going to get a dip buyer in it. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 the valuation is, is too extreme for me um, from an investing perspective. But as a trader, I think this is a dip that they buy. I, I like this dip better than the, than the, um, than the last one we just what about, about the reopening the i mean you know people go back to signing documents in person and stuff no they're not going back to nah, that do you know how we, I, I just bought i just did two real estate actually one two yeah i just did two real estate transactions in the last year this docu sign is awesome mm-hmm. i mean i don't know if there's competition coming like there's going to be a better one there but obviously they got the head start but i tell you man Nobody's going back to traditional. I got to go in and sign them. It's 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 moved on. This DocuSign is awesome. Um, the the product itself is just amazing. You know that we can do real estate transactions. Like I, I you know I'm and be like yeah. I did one from like five hours away. So I mean it's unbelievable. You can do real estate action. You don't even have to be in the same city. So I I love I love the product. Um, just don't know. It's about always a valuation issue for me, but I still think the story is not going away even after COVID. They said this on Fast Money. Tim Seymour said it last night too. It's like this is the way stuff is being done now, and it's not going away after COVID. It's way easier. So I think you, I think I think you buy the dip on DocuSign. Yeah, I'd like to see it between you know maybe you know between two hundred five and two ten. I don't know if you're going to get that low. Uh, because you had that, you had the the shellacking right after the all time high, and then it got under two hundred. Then you got that initial bounce. They got a little excited off to print, uh, but now it's it's pulling back. I, you know, you're assuming that that one eighty nine low is is going to be there for a while. Uh, but give back a little bit of this move, buying it out of dip. So I'd, I'd be interested long term at this at two ten, and maybe learn lean on that one eighty. This be a Lisa low. Beck? Would she be into this one? She don't mind valuation. She'll pay up for valuation. I don't know. I don't I've always told a value guy, and I was like, I can't do it. I can't stomach it because it's just trading a ridiculous valuation. But, I mean, those have been the stocks. Those have been the good ones, really, the ones you're paying up for the valuation, the Kathy stocks. Growth at any cost. You know, we, 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 we say when it doesn't work, it's ugly. But, man, it has worked for a long time, growth at any cost. You know, one interesting thing, I remember, like, uh, when <laughs> – I haven't discussed this with her yet. Remember, like, Peloton for a while, you know, there was such a back order and stuff. Yeah, right? still the back still, there still is, Joel. There still is. Uh, Emily call, Emily wants one, and she called, and they're like, yeah, well, she called on, like, Tuesday. She, they said we'd be out on Sunday. Okay. I think so. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So I That's not good news. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't no, like no, it. I don't like it. Oh, no, 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 Dennis. It's, it's not what you think. They, they, they've been like killing themselves trying to get through the back because it's not, it's not about demand and lessening. It's about their supply uh, chain getting better. That's what okay, it is. Okay. Well, we hope that's the case as opposed to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could get you one of those tomorrow. It's like, oh. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> no. No. Oh, yeah. I, I don't. I don't like it. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about this stock. <laughs> you you brought it up. All right. Let's just uh, do yeah. one more. You're right. That's Let's do point. like like Funko. FNKO. Funko. Okay. Sounds and like it, fun. It does sound like fun. You're right. The EPS. Uh, let's see if I can get some estimates here so I can give you that. If not, I'll just give you the numbers. FNKO. Um, and my computer is deciding to not cooperate, so forget that. Okay. What, they, what do they do? EPS. Funko? What does Funko do? Toys. What is it? I don't even know what it is. It's toys. Yeah, but what do they do? So toys. Like, they, it's like Toys R Us. So it's like online toy sales. Like, what does Funko actually sell? 
It's like I'm going uh, to this fight. It's like they license like IP, so it's like, it's like Star Wars toys, right? Or like they'll sign a deal with Disney to like make Star Wars toys, or they'll sign a deal with like uh, whoever owns the rights to Harry Potter and make Harry Potter toys. Right? So they or make like, the toys. Yeah, yeah, they make the toys. They're making the toys. Yeah, Do making... they have like physical stores too, or no? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm trying to look here. No. I'm on Funko. I got I've... some crazy character. I, I've, I've never product. heard of a never heard of a Funko store before. Products. Wow. Okay, so I got some crazy looking horse, and then I got low stock on the Lion King, and Pumbaa. 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 In any case, Scar's there. In, He's low stock. Case, low stock on everything. It must be doing well. It's low stock on every single product they're selling. <laughs> so that's a good news. We got back yeah, orders here on the Funko products. That's just a marketing tactic. In any case, their earnings per share twenty nine cents, up from eighteen cents a year ago. Sales of two twenty six million, up from one ninety five a year ago. Stocks breaking out. I mean, it's got you know, it's it's coming back from the gutters of three dollars back when nobody wanted to own anything in March. It's come back a long ways. I, hmm. uh, I don't know. It's breaking out. I don't know anything about the company. It's yeah, so it leaked a buck off its high, uh, over a buck off its. High. I was actually long it. Even if I don't know anything about it, I was actually long it yesterday because I was I like buy like it was on my schedule to report, so I buy stocks ahead of the earnings, and it worked. I mean. It's ran up for two days. Again, that stupid strategy, the most simplistic strategy in the world. Oh, buy a stock two days before it reports, and it runs up for a day and a half before it reports. I mean, that doesn't always work, but man, it works a lot, a lot of times. Again, this one paid. So I sold it before the report because I don't want to take the you know the crapshoot of the report, but you know, it went from 14 to 15, 33 ahead of the report. So buying it two days ahead of the report, you made more than the people actually who held it through the report and you didn't take the risk of the report. That's the strategy that pays the bills. Seventeen seventy-five, and this is a—is this a reverse stock split or something? Because I'm looking, going back here, I see it one sixty or something. I don't know. No. Anyways, you're a buck off the pre-market high, so got to get find an intermediate level. Even looks like someone's kind of stacked up. It's just over seventeen here. Because after Ooh. you made that high. Uh, every time seventeen ten seventeen Ooh. twenty, I'd be looking there. Okay, one more thing, more breaking, more breaking news. Got, got? The shorts, you know, we talked about how the short uh, sellers were really quiet for a while. We hadn't heard much from the short sellers. Well, they're back. Okay, we, we've seen a few stocks get hit on short reports, like yeah. Clover, like Clover, for example. Another one this morning, Ride R I D E Hindenburg is out with a short report on Ride. Did they say if they're short? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Reddit, get him, Reddit. Get him, get him, get him. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Wait, are we actually short? Let me go into the report. Oh, man. Oh, Probably man. not. They're scared yes, to say yes, yes, we have taken, after extensive research, we have oh, taken no! a short position in shares of Lord Get him, Reddit. Motors. Get him. Get him. <laughs> Let's start a thread right now, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go start a Reddit thread. Hit him, Eric. Sure. Get the stock down. <laughs> I can rip these guys. Rip these guys apart. These old, these evil guys. We gotta go get <laughs> evil short sellers. Anyway, they're they're winning. The short sellers are winning here. Look at that. Look at they're, winning, they're winning. They're winning right now. As we speak, right now. It just. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I hope everyone knows we're it's being going straight down. Fifteen percent's down. So. Uh, there's a one big level right there. Stands yep. up like a sore thumb. The 1490, the low from the washout low. What's it going to do there? It's testing it right now. Does it Let's bounce? Now. Let's now. 
Let's get in there. Let's get I'm, dirty. I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting in there and down and dirty. That 14.90 is a big level. It's right there, right now. That's a big level for the stock to hold. Again, yes. crazy volume. Go iceberg at 15. You can move this thing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't move stocks. It's not my job to move stocks. It's my job to look at charts and look at news and analyze it. And obviously, 14.90 is the one level I looked at. Just took it out. 14.70. This is why I don't catch falling knives. Exactly. 1490 look good. And I tried to catch falling knife on G yesterday too. <laughs> tried to be the hero and say, oh yeah, 1250. I like that I level. I can't believe you went out at 1250. You I said I, I like the 1250 yeah, level. Yeah, but why did you? Come on. Why not? 15, right 1250, 10. I'm too old. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm back to the old optionality when we had only two and a half contracts. I still think like that. <laughs> 1250. Oh yeah, it's big optionality probably there. That'll bounce there. Ah, uh, no, cut right through. So stopped out, 12 cent loss, G. Didn't okay. work. Yeah, because you just had that. Man, that was a lot of momentum in that move, huh? From, uh, I mean, they took that thing out to the woodshed. They got it under 12, and then that was a little, it's not really a gap here, but man, oh, man, was that nice. Uh, 12.19, 12.03 high. The following day, 12.03 low. They undercut it by just a little bit, uh, 11.95, and now you're bouncing. I mean, I was thinking about this thing just as a you know a little scalp it you know as if that if the twelve you know weeklies got cheap but by the time I looked at it during the at the close show it was excuse me it was already off the low at like twelve and a quarter but let's see let's see if they what they decide to do with that uh, reverse split All right. decision. It is eight thirty-two. Let's bring on our guest. Let's let's bring in our guest right now, Marcus Heidecotter, uh, founder of Rockwell Trading. Did not join us last week, so we have two weeks worth of activity to catch up on. Marcus, good morning. Hey, good morning. How's it going? I, I don't know. How's it going crazy for you, Marcus? Right? Yeah. How's it going for you? Well, it's super interesting. I, I mean. With the strategy that I'm pursuing, you want to see a sideways market or a market that is slightly going up. So a market that is actually correcting in the NASDAQ, in correction territory around 10%, that is actually hitting my portfolio. So I'll, I'll show you this morning what is sure. going on. And, uh, you know, you talked all morning about buying the dip. And, and ultimately, this is pretty much what I'm trying to do with this strategy. And buying the dip works well. Well, until it doesn't, right? So uh, <laughs> let's true. talk about a few that's positions true. and what I'm doing sure. here, uh, if that's okay, if I can share my screen. So uh, just yep. a high level, um, the, the strategy that I'm pursuing here is, first of all, I'm selling puts and collect premium. And uh, this is where, uh, well, if uh, if the stock stays above the strike price, I'm just uh, collecting the premium and all is good. However, if the stock dips below the strike price, I might or might not get assigned, right? And uh, this is where I'm basically buying the dip. Uh, this is uh, what I like to do here as well. And uh, usually, especially in this market, I mean, you just said it, it usually works out really, really well. And then after I own the stock, I sell calls uh, to collect a more premium. So let's take a look at a few examples that sure. worked and then also a few things where it didn't work, right? So here, uh, this is one that I traded this week, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, this is where I sold a put at the 66 strike price. So you see, I try to identify short-term, sometimes longer-term uh, support and say, at what level would I be comfortable 
owning this stock. And uh, Dick's Sporting Good, I said, okay, strike price of 66 looks good. Expiration today, we see that Dick's is trading at 73.70, also pre-market right at this level. So this is probably expiring worthless, and I keep the premium. Another one that, that I liked uh, buying the dip here is Snap. And uh, for Snap, I saw some longer-term support of 49. So I sold the 49 put. Uh, this morning, it seems that we are staying, or today, that we are staying well above 49. I mean, we don't know, right? I mean, anything can happen between now and this afternoon. Uh, but this year also, I would just collect premium. Now, what else? Uh, Mara. Uh, yes, I decided to trade a crazy stock like Mara. Uh, identified some some longer-term support here. It's uh, 20. I wanted to go as low as 16, 17. And then I said, no, I mean, I'm fine here owning Mara, which is basically tied to cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Ethereum. So as long as the cryptocurrencies are going up, Mara will do well. And if the cryptocurrencies take a dip, I wouldn't mind uh, buying Bitcoin at, uh, this would be a, the equivalent of buying Bitcoin at a level of maybe around uh, $27,000, $28,000. Anyhow, this is also expiring. Uh, it's expiring next week, so we should be good here. Now, a few trades that uh, did not work out that well is the gold miners, for example. So the gold miners, I saw here, if you zoom out a little bit, uh, I saw that there was some good support at 48. And this is where I thought, you know what? I'll buy that dip. So... I sold premium and then I got assigned at 48. So I have been owning GDXJ for the past few weeks. And this is where he said, yeah, last week I was not able to join you, uh, but I own GDXJ now for a few weeks. Now, the good thing is I've been able to sell calls against it and uh, attract more premium. Now, the calls that I sold is 48. So if GDXJ goes above 48, I'm cutting it loose. So uh, this, we will see what happens today. Right now, we are slightly down pre-market here. Uh, and again, I might sell some more premium uh, for next week. Now, Apple Apple is one of the stocks that uh, where it didn't work, right? I, I was a little bit too aggressive. Uh, if you look at Apple here, um, you see, compare this to, to Snap, where I looked at, at some longer-term support here at 49, yeah. uh, or even D, uh, DKS, Dick Sporting Good, uh, where I looked at the 66. So for Apple... I was a little bit more aggressive because I was a little bit more bullish on Apple. So I sold a strike price of 133. We talked about it two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the trades that I did when I was bored out of my mind because I was trapped in Florida, remember? <laughs> so not a good idea. And it, it's hurting me right now. So this is where the open PL right now is ugly. And this is too far away from the strike price for me to, to sell calls. And this is where... Uh, uh, one of my, my students uh, really put it very eloquently. So Apple right now is a dud in my portfolio. Apple is like the uh, the lazy boyfriend sitting on the couch playing Xbox uh, where he should go out and get a job, <laughs> bring in some money. So this is what Apple does right now for me. Uh, anyhow, but this week I, I sold a few more puts because I thought, okay, if Apple really goes down to 113, which I think is a is a better support level, I will buy more Apple and therefore I would reduce my cost basis, right? Because if I bought shares at 133 and now I'm buying some more shares at uh, 113, let me just mark it here uh, on the chart. Uh, it would lower my cost basis. Uh, however, I was able to close that one already yesterday because it made some, some good money. This was a, a put that expired today. Now, the one that is really in trouble, especially right now after we just heard, I, I actually uh, bought right. Uh, so I was 
kind of bullish on Ride. And uh, right now, with the news, the, with the breaking news that came just out. Oh, Marcus, I'm uh, sorry. If I had known, I would have. So this were uh, here. Uh, I need to probably start a forum. So if you're with me, talk this up. So <laughs> help me out here. Help me out here. Now, okay. Uh, so Ride again. This is a, a little bit more aggressive uh, trade that I did uh, based on my research that I did a few weeks ago. I thought it was a solid company, and I think I wasn't the only one. They were supposed to. Uh, produced the truck they uh, this year, uh, releasing it probably in September, uh, way ahead of Ford and uh, Tesla, uh, who are supposed to releasing their pickup truck next year. So, and, and I, in general, like the idea of having an electric car maker in my portfolio, but I did not want to go for Tesla. Now, over the past few weeks, I also uh, sold puts on NEO. So I've been doing this, uh, but right now I don't have any positions in NEO. Um, but, 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 so I, I was a little bit more aggressive, uh, sold the 2150 strike because I thought, yeah, let's buy the dip. And I didn't want to buy the dip when it went all the way down here. Well, hindsight, right? I mean, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Aren't we all the best traders in hindsight when we see, oh, here's what we should have done. Anyhow, uh, so I bought it at 2150. I've been able to sell premium against it. But right now, as you see pre-market after the report, it's trading at $15. So this is where I probably have to fly a rescue mission. And uh, this is what I mean by flying a rescue mission. I want to identify the next level of support. And when I'm looking here at the chart, it seems that uh, we have some more support, probably uh, at around 13. So the support level of uh, 13, uh, maybe around 12, so 12 to 13. What my plan is here, uh, because at this point, I must... Honestly, after I saw the Hindenburg report that came out this morning, I read through it. I, I want to get out of this one. So at this point, I need to lower my cost basis so that a little pop higher would actually help me. So uh, he, here's what I'm planning to do. And I'll, I'll see uh, once the market's open and uh, we, we settle in here a little bit of what to do. So right now, I have 4,700 shares um, at 21.50. So I'm planning, since now I have a, a much lower strike price here, to probably sell more. So the idea would be of uh, maybe selling around uh, 6,500 shares. I'll see. I need to do the math. I'm doing the math here on the fly, which is probably not a good idea. Um, <laughs> but if I would sell this at 13, and let's say that I'm getting assigned. So I would own uh, 4,700 shares. Uh, let's just do the math here to see what my cost basis would be in this case. So uh, 4,700 times 2,150. And if I'm selling this and if I'm getting assigned, this would be 6,500 uh, at 13. So uh, this is uh, 185,000 divided by, um, what is 4,700 and 6,500? Like 10,000, 11,200. Does that sound about right? What percentage yeah. of your portfolio are you comfortable holding in one stock? I just want to like get to the question of like diversity. Like, do you try to stay still? You know, do, do you try to stay diverse in your portfolio or you get heavy in one stock when you start getting down? I'm just curious, like, in, in, because obviously you're adding to a loser here, which is, you know, sometimes, you know, a, a very serious, it, it works great when the stocks bounce back. When they don't bounce back, are you comfortable I, holding two hundred thousand dollars worth of ride? Um, yeah, 
<laughs> okay. So, like, I mean, if you've got multi-million dollar portfolios. And, I mean, you know, it's not the ideal scenario. I mean, obviously, but the, the average cost would probably be down at, at around 1650 And looking at this. What if ride went to like five bucks? What would happen? Huh? What if ride, let's just say this just didn't work out. The Lordstown story just didn't work out and ride went to $5. I'm taking a big hit. You're taking a big hit. I'm taking a big hit because at some point, yeah. I mean, if you you see, uh, when it was a SPAC here, it was trading at around $10, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, at this point, sure, this is where my, my hope is that we don't go below uh, $10. And hope is the last thing that dies for us as traders, right? <laughs> we got to have some hope. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if we do this, if this goes down, then uh, yeah, this will look bad. Now, they also report earnings and the earnings will be reported here on, uh, let's see. Uh, March 16th. So this is coming up next week. And I, I think this is kind of moment of truth, right? I mean, this morning Hindenburg reported that they are overinflating their numbers. So I think we will know more exactly next week of what's happening here. I just feel that I have a better chance of uh, getting out here at 1650 than right now trying to go out at uh, 2150. I, I will hold this for a long time. So with this strategy, yeah, again, it, it works until it doesn't. So is uh, it a scratch? Do you stop out? Yeah, like, is will it you a scratch stop, at sixteen fifty, Marcus? I mean, is it a scratch, or are you going to make some money? It though? would be a uh, no. It's not really a scratch because I already collected premium, right? So I would have to use the average cost minus uh, the collected premium that I have thus far. So I I collected premium when I sold uh, the puts. I collected premium when I sold some calls. So I have to back this down. And uh, as far as I remember, I, I collected like a dollar fifty. Uh, so this would reduce my cost basis basically uh, to $15. And at $15, uh, it would be a scratch trade. So at this point, okay. I would be out of there. But you see, this where at some point, especially when news like this hit, when you say, oh, yeah. okay, it looks, it's almost like this. Uh, it reminds me of the Luckin Coffee. Remember this story where they had all this fabricated orders and everything or the fabricated sales, the Starbucks of China. So this were uh, at this point, it, it's time to cut this loose, uh, unless because Hindenburg they, they're pretty good in their research. I mean, what it, would you they use? They wouldn't put like, this report if uh, if it is just on a. Hunt. They've been wrong though too. Yeah, Wasn't they have to the ENPH Spencer. Yeah. So they, they've been so. wrong before too. They're not always right. So I wouldn't be like not telling you what to do, but I don't think we can just look at their research and just say they're always right. Spencer, didn't they do ENPH before? I, like, I, I, I can just give you a few. I, it was one of those short sellers. Yeah, it was. It, I'm pretty sure it was Hindenburg. I'm, I think I'm, it was I'm, Hindenburg. I'm going through that the was list here. ENPH, just Marcus. Like that was when the ENPH was like fifty bucks, wasn't it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. But but I would also point your attention to Hindenburg came out against Nikola, and it's kind of it's the same space, right? Same sandbox. So they have a track record with these EV names. Yeah. Uh, they've also come out against Grogen. Uh, that was back in in August. They came out against uh, IDEX in uh, June. They came out against Sorrento. They've come out against. Um, I'm just going through the list here in Benzinger Pro Smile Direct Club. Um, you know yeah. what's going to happen though with this, and I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying theorize. Nobody it's, knows. It's, it's, nobody knows. But at some point today, the company's going to come out and say that's not true they do and then that's, you get a little yeah pound. so that's gonna be your pop so marcus maybe get some 
maybe get some orders out there, you know, 16 and a half, 17, and maybe, you know, and they'll pop it on that. And then, you know, it'll be a big battle. And then everyone that bought it at a discount will be dumping it. So I don't know. That's just a possible. I don't think you're going to see scratch on this at uh, 1772, but the, the company's going to, they, they, they always come out and say something and you get the little pop. And then what happens after that is to be determined. That's just a little yeah. speculation. See, you're absolutely right. And for me, the most important thing is uh, that that I start having a plan for this. So for me, I don't want to react. I want to plan. And here's the other thing. If I'm selling shares at uh, 13, if I'm selling uh, puts at 13, and it doesn't close below 13, I will never get assigned these shares. I'll just collect more premium. Now, collecting premium will help me to bring down my cost basis of 2150. So again, this is right now my thoughts after sawing this this Hindenburg report here. Uh, but I, I think especially when when you're buying the dip, and uh, I mean you said it yesterday, you, you you bought GE. At some point, you have to say, well, okay, that didn't work, right? They they announced the reverse stock split, which is super yeah. surprising, right? I mean, reverse stock yeah. split is usually announced by companies who want to avoid the delisting. But yeah. uh, GE, I mean, they're still trading at 12.50 or where, where are they this morning? Like 12.32. Uh, so it, it's not really that they're running the danger of being delisted. So It's like such point. a weak move by them. Like, I don't know, yeah, don't all. you think, Dennis? No, like, I don't understand it. It's just a dumb move. It's not even weak. It's just dumb. I don't, I don't understand. But, you know, obviously, board has just recommended it. So we don't know if it's going to go through yet. You were saying yesterday, I agree with you. I think that they might pull it, that they might not do it. And then the stock would pop on it. Um, but you know, board has recommended it. So we don't know what's going to happen there yet. If they're actually going to prove it and we're going to see a reverse split Uh, from a trading perspective, I like trading G at a higher price, but I don't know why the company would do that. Marcus. So I think everybody's in the chats. I've seen this multiple times asking, is there a point where you do say, you know, when you were starting to go there before we cut you off, is there a point on some of these trades where you do say, okay, I got it wrong. And you cut the loss. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is where, uh, honestly, if, uh, if you go back to ride, uh, so it would be a, a pretty big hit, uh, but yes, if we are going down to to ten again, so if you're going down to the to the pre level when they were still at the SPAC level before they reported earnings twice, and you see this is why I'm a little bit surprised they reported earnings twice, and uh, so all of this that they reported previously was wrong because you see every time they reported earnings they had a pop after this, and uh, that's something that you also said. Uh, the earnings play, right, where you see a, a short-term pop. So I guess we will see what happens next week when they report earnings. Uh, but if, if during this time they're coming out and say, yeah, well, uh, we, we don't have all these pre-orders, and yes, we will not produce the truck this year, it might be next year, then I'm wrong. Uh, can this drop to $10? Yes. Is it unlikely? I believe so. And you see, as traders, that's what we do. We are playing the probabilities. Yeah. We're playing the odds. I never know what a stock will do, right? I, I mean, does. I have an opinion and I, I, I look at the charts and I trade what I see, not what I think. And right now, I think that we will still be fine on this one uh, because the news just came out and the markets are still reacting to this. I mean, we're still trading around 15. So let's see what happens by the end of the day. Uh, I'm not planning to do anything just yet because I want to at least see what happens when the markets open. But yeah, I mean, um, at some point you you have to take your losses and 
you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> what about your Apple position? You're still working that one though, because you oh, went. Yeah, to, yeah, you yeah, started yeah. talking Apple, about Apple's it. Still fine. I mean, Apple. You uh, you wrote just... an upside calls on it too, right? Like you you when you get the sign this, then you turn around, and you write the upside calls, which is bringing down your cost basis as well. Right, right, right. Uh, the, the problem is that right now there's not enough premium in the 133 calls uh, for me to be able to sell it. So this is why I said it, it's kind of the dud. Apple is the only. Right. It's the only stock right now in my portfolio. So I have one, two, three, four, five, and Apple is the only one not earning money. So it's uh, the boyfriend sitting on the couch playing Xbox and but DKS is making some good money. GDXJ, I own the position. I've been able to sell calls against it. Uh, the calls are already up $714. Uh, Mara, I sold the puts. Uh, so the puts are making good money here. Uh, right. Uh, yes, I own the position, but I have been able to sell calls against it. So this is uh, making money. So four out of the five positions are doing it. And Apple, if you just look at it pre-market, I mean, even if you go out uh, until next week, there's absolutely nothing, no premium in the 133. There's right now 11 cents, maybe 14 cents. That's not enough for me to to sell premium. So I want to see if Apple has a little bit of higher pop here. And I don't like going out for more than uh, next week because then I'm kind of losing control. I mean, especially with markets like this, you want to stay close. Uh, the way how I trade uh, these weekly options is uh, really this week's or next week's expiration. I do not like to go out for two to three weeks because, hey, in these markets, who knows? Who knows what's happening in these markets in two weeks, right? Kind of crazy. Mark, I just want to ask you, and you kind of alluded to it with that answer, like, psychology everything's like psychology so can they you know are you going to be able to you know or how do you just say okay this is a loser i got stuck on this one how do you let it not affect maybe you you know not be as aggressive in other stocks just just talk about the psychology oh my gosh. okay so it's a good point open pnl right uh, wherever you see the unrealized losses this was invented by somebody who hates traders and it's heavily sponsored by the pharma industry to sell uh, uh, an anti-anxiety or antidepressants. <laughs> I mean, yeah, open PNL is just this. It, it, I mean, it's subject to change every single second, right? So therefore, uh, this is, I learned not to pay attention to the open PNL. And this is why I like to look at what did I realize thus far? So thus right. far, realized, which is back in my account, is $52,000, and that's only for the year. Now, there's a huge chunk of unrealized losses, but this can change almost on a daily basis. So how do you deal with this? Well, first of all, uh, this is a $500,000 account. So $25,000 here uh, in unrealized P&L is only 5%. I mean, it looks big, it looks huge, but it's only 5%. And trust me, over the past two weeks, there are accounts out there that took a much bigger hit than 5%. So if I would sell everything right now, if I would close every single position, I'm still up $26,000 for the year. Now, I'm not planning to do this at all, but it's important to put this into perspective. And then, yes, the other thing is, Greed, right? I mean, we can't be greedy. And looking back at the charts, if I look at uh, what worked out, yeah, like DKS, uh, like Mara, uh, even GDXJ worked out. It's, it's down slightly. Uh, Snap worked out. And if I then look at at Apple and Ride, I definitely I was more greedy here. And uh, this is what the markets do. The markets punish you for being greedy, right? I mean, gotta stay conservative. And uh, so. 
It is what it is. Marcus (laughs) Heidecarter is the founder of Rockwell Trading. Marcus, we always appreciate your candor. We'll have to check back in and see how this works out for you. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll do All this right. next. Thanks, week. Marcus. All right, thanks okay. a lot. Thanks. Have a- All right. Uh, sorry, Marcus, cut you off there. You gotta, uh, <laughs> you gotta love Marcus, though. He's, yeah. hey. he's so, uh, and his voice is so calming. You know, and he's got a plan. You know, that's one thing he's got a plan. So that's what you need. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rick Rubin tweeted at me. He wants to get your guys' thoughts on Lamb Research LRCX. A long time since I've looked at Lamb. It's been a monster stock. Man. 535 bucks here now you know what the problem here is it's just it's had such a run and it's like could this correct more or could it continue i mean you know here's a stock that just since november has run from 400 to 600 the november run really when you analyze it that's where a lot of the fluff is you know that's where the tesla fluff came out you know we we, you can say the april run to november run was like okay we're eventually getting back you know and, and obviously we had the tech you know everybody moving the tech but now you've had, you know, this, you know, you had this ridiculous run November, December, January, February, where you really fluffed up all the stocks. I feel like it's like the fluff that the market wants to get back. We get back to these November levels on some stocks. I think you're going to find buyers all over the place. I mean, even the queues, that's the queues got back to their November levels. And that's because obviously big mega cap never had the fluff run that a lot of the smaller stuff did. But a lot of the smaller stuff, you know, some of it hasn't. Lamb Research hasn't. I love Lamb Research down at $400. It's just got some fluff in here right now, though. And now you got a battle between the bulls and the bears, 500 to 600 It's a fantastic company. It does, you know, it's still got a 1% dividend, too. It's just had such a run. I'd like more of a pullback to strike. But, you know, it's down 7 bucks here today. I see what you're looking at. You got a $500 level support there, too. I would love it at 400 I don't think it gets there anytime soon, though. Okay. I hope that answered your question, Rick. I'm sorry it took us a couple days to get to it. All right. Jason Rasnick is here. Good morning, sir. Oh no, he's on mute. Let me let me go over there and uh help him out. Don't else talk while I go help Jason. Okay. All right, uh, S&P's got to mid-range on the session. That was 28.50. Still looking at the March contract that got up there, 28.50, daily pivot there. Pull back a little bit. So the, that's where your 7 o'clock run ended. Uh, the number I'm looking at on the upside, it's not the close, uh, or excuse me, is uh, is is not the high of the pre-market session. It's the close from yesterday. That's, uh, that is at 36.75. On the downside here, man, oh, man, 10 and a quarter. This looks like a little ways away. That stands as your pre-market low. Uh, we were talking what about up? Can you hear me, Joe? We got you. What's up, got Jason? You. Wonderful, wonderful. I look I look lost, but now now I'm found. This is amazing. What's what's going on, buddy? How is, uh, how's the trading going? Oh, my God. Uh, it's been a profitable week it's been a profitable week it's been nice it's been coming back why is rohan calling me when i'm going live so um how, how about for you guys out there this week actually i had my first losing day of the year so on on the two uh, the day that everybody was making money i was on the opposite side of it so you know obviously you gotta do some adjusting and stuff but um yeah but it's been an okay week it's yeah been still, I mean, still so- fairly consistent so some of the ones that really turned for me, well, obviously Tesla turned for me. I had calls and puts, but I had more calls than puts, you know, so I had a hedge. My puts are down on it. I actually sold a couple puts too, but uh, my calls to so Tesla, 
made a heck of a difference for me. Um, the other one, I got I to gotta pull up my account right now. Um, obviously, you, uh, last week I lost a lot. Let, let's talk about uh, Tesla for a second here. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, you got the, there's a great level down there, two monthly lows at 540 right and you got a pop i'm i'm getting a little concerned about 700 here and uh 720 you got a pair of highs yesterday's high was 70250 i just kind of feeling like if this thing doesn't reclaim 700 pretty soon i i think you're going to have some problems here i think you're going to see this thing back in the lower 600s or you just looking for this to go 700 bid and then get I'm- back to 750 800 I'm, I'm a little looking, concerned here. I'm looking for 715, 720. I have four calls left and I have one put left. I will at 715, 720, I will cover two of those calls. Um, there are some upcoming catalysts. Um, okay. The Cybertruck is going to be the best car on the road in my mind. It's going to be so, I mean. Did they change know- the look of it? I didn't. I wanted to buy that Cybertruck. And then when they originally came out with the concept of it, I was like, it's ugly. So have they changed to make it look a little bit better? <laughs> I, I want chat- to buy that. These chatters are awesome. Can I just read one of them? Uh, Raz yeah. wearing black for Tesla's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> black <laughs> out for Tesla's funeral. It's good. That's good. I like it. Um, nicely, though. Yeah, it's um, so anyway, they've not really changed the look. They made the modifications smaller, uh, Dennis, so it can fit in your car, in your in your garage. That's the main thing. But I just recently took a ride with someone, 25 minutes in his car, driving on the hardest streets of Michigan, the, this lake, the Orchard Lake, where it's all curvy. He didn't touch the wheel one time. So to turn, to go straight, to go left, he didn't touch the wheel one time in a 25-minute drive. It won't, that it, me, that was in pretty, a cyber truck? No, no. In a regular, oh. that's, a, that's, a, that's just the full BSD. Uh, the, oh, that is the, a the tricky area system. up there. You always feel like oh, you're going to so go right tricky. into Pine Lake. So tricky. You could feel like you're going right into Pine Lake. Exactly. That's <laughs> no hands there, dude. Turning on to Orchard Lake, no hands. Nothing. I have that's trouble great. just driving with hands on that. I just well, that's the, thing. That's, <laughs> that's the point. It's safer not to use hands. That's the, that's the point, right, Joel? <laughs> Especially this when is you're, like you're too close to the right. Together. You're too close to the right. I mean, they should have they should have bigger pillars over there. So, um, yeah. All right. But let's talk. Let's move on to a couple other ones. Upwork, Upwork came back with a bang. I bought some Upwork last week or whatever at 42. It's at 49. Um, so that's one of the ones I still uh, have been playing. Um, save, S-A-V-E. It really didn't do much last week, Dennis. But I, I've been a big investor in Spirit Airlines. Um, I was down 20%. Now I'm up 45%. So that was another one. And, you know, I trimmed some of my positions. Like there's a stock ENG that I gave a lot of people. <laughs> it went up 40% yesterday. Well, guess what? I was out of I was out of it. <laughs> I sold it during the malaise of the market. So I missed that rally yesterday. I hate when I do that. When I indiscriminately sell stocks because I wanted to get off margin, sold that ENG, and it went up 40% yesterday. You, you, didn't get it. you didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. Why'd you so, get out? Why'd I get out? Because I was just like, trying to get out of some of the stocks. Like I got out of CLSK, um, LTHM. I used to have a ton of it. I got out of a ton of it at 24. I got out uh, of a lot of stuff to reduce margin and to buy some of these other stocks that I have told you about. But they're a little bit less liquid. It's a stable company, but 
It's less liquid. It's not one for trading that BTN that I'm in. It sounds like Big Big Ten Network. Um, they do like thirty tip off today. That, is that versus what time it's at? Versus Spencer's team. Yeah, ENG had a hell of a close yesterday. Yep. So it's not just you know. So um, you're not going to win them all. I should have stayed. You know. Um, Oh, yeah. And I should have stayed with Spirit Aerospace. Dennis, you remember this. Instead of buying Spirit Airlines, I bought Spirit Aerospace by accident first. I and I realized that. it on the, and I realized it, Dennis, on the pre-market <laughs> prep show that I, the, the, that I bought the wrong one. Well, the moral, the, sto- the, the moral of the story is I should have kept both. I should have kept both. And so you guys are right. I should not have sold it. But, yes, I'm in KMPH. Um, I'm in um, – uh, wait, Jack Hurley crying this. Wait. ENG closed up higher, or, so, or is, are they saying it went down then? Six oh four now. Yeah, that's great. So no, he's not crying. Um, AONE, I'm in that. Um, and yes, save. I've been talking about. Let's see any other trades I made. Um, Why AONE? Is this like for for Kath, from Kathy? Like, cause this Kathy. is a big stock. Kathy. Kathy, that's a Kathy pick. I'll go with Kathy. Says. What about Roadblocks? W. I like that one. I bought roadblock. I bought roadblocks in the IPO. I'm hanging on to it. I got kids, Joel. I got kids. Is Josh good on that? No, Josh. Josh. So it's it's a question. Do I go with Riley or do I go with Josh? Josh absolutely hates roadblocks. Dad, I hate roadblocks. It sucks. It sucks. (laughs) It's for losers. Now let me be Riley. Daddy, roadblocks is the best ever. All my friends play it. All my friends play it. All my friends. I went with Riley, and so I bought Roblox. I put a limited order of 150 bucks during the IPO, and I got it for like $66. That's <laughs> you want to make sure you got done. Yes, I'm going to show you got done. But, you know, the crazy thing is Mark Andreessen, A1612, <laughs> invested at a $5 billion valuation a year ago, a year and four months ago, and now we're like at a $35 billion. So, yeah, is it overdone? Maybe. Does it have a lot of prospects? Yes. If you look at – Amazon back in the day, could it be like that with this this alternative space, this virtual space? Could it be? Sure. They had a lot of losses, but it's also because they spent a shit ton on tech. That may normalize, and I think they can get profitable really quick, and I don't think people understand that. So I think Roblox has room to run. But listen, would I much rather bought Roblox at $40, guys? Yes. But I bought it at 66 Is it a subscription? Oh yeah, they have they have they have it. You can never you can get Roblox subscription dollars. You can buy virtual goods. Oh my God! If I give a Riley Roblox dollars, she'll be good for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dennis, yeah. you're next. Watch out, man! All right, let's, let's go. <laughs> um, the one Dennis, I, Dennis will be going to garage sales. To yeah, Dennis is kids. Dennis is going to those Funko stores, right? He's not going. To, he's not going to Roblox. All, but all the products are sold out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess you're out of luck. <laughs> A couple of the new stocks I, I I picked up. I'll tell you. I host with Josh Brown from Fast Money. I host a show with him at three o'clock on on Fridays on a clubhouse, and people pitch us ideas. One of the ideas a guy gave us. I bought MGNI, MGNI. It's for connected TV for like the advertising side of things, like, and how you monitor it. And there's not that many companies in this place, in this space. And connected TV is probably the future, not like Comcast, but like Roku and all that. And they power a lot of it. So MGNI, I bought Friday. must have bought it during the show at 345. And it is up, it is up 30%. 
uh, this week. So that's a huge winner. And I didn't, and I didn't sell a share of it. What'd you say? It's a programmatic marketing advertising platform, right? That's what you're saying. For TV stuff. Yes. Yeah. I didn't sell. I think so. Uh, I, I know Mitch is all about this stuff, right? Yeah, I'm, every, I'm banging it back here. I heard Jason mention that Pub M, also another one. Yeah, that was the one I was Pub, trying to think Pub of. M, yeah. But everyone's Mitch, such Mitch a hate. Gave us back at 30 bucks since 56. So props to Mitch, another good Mitch pick. He gives us good stocks. Why is everyone such a hater? Why does everyone criticize so much? Look at this. This guy, I just don't get it. Why everyone's so mean? You can't read uh, it. I drive myself bananas. No, but look, look, really Jason's our, hold on. Jason, yeah. well, a lot of people like me though too. Jason's are usually nice guys. Look at this guy. Jason Kambinsky writes Josh Brown is a clown. Okay. He's a family man, works hard, goes on things, but he's a clown. Okay. He's, he's, he's I, hilarious. I, he kills me every time. I know, but I, I take offense to that. I don't know why people have to be such trolls and, and, and be rude, so rude because, because you're behind a computer screen. Um, it just it pisses <sighs> me off. Anyway, um, I'm a, this trolls. Okay, so then there was one more stock that I, I, I purchased. Not much of a gainer or two more stocks. This one I bought was I wanted some uh, high-end hotels, okay? And I couldn't really find them. So the one I did buy for, so far is Win W-Y-N-N. Um, it's just up 1% since I bought it. I didn't buy a big position. It's a small position. I may buy more. Travel is going to heat up like crazy. I, I bet you my Spirit Airlines pick will be up 80%. It's up 40. I may even buy, um, I even buy, uh, even, even more of that. Um, so that, that, that one, so win is one of them. Did you ever re-engage in Delta? I think about that all the time. Oh my God! You should think about other things, but no. Think about other things. That was a good. Yeah. That was. That was, that good. was a no. good call, man. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I should. I should engage in in uh, Delta. Yeah, Pavel, MG, and I. PE is high. I get it. It's probably you know. Um, Fifty in Delta. Holy macro! You talk about a level of levels. Dennis, I like man. You should Delta. check the book on that. Fifty. That's a big number. Yeah, I'm sorry, Raz. Go ahead. Yeah. So then, no, you're okay, man. And the other, the other stock that I picked up was um, um, another metal stock, AQMS, um, was up twenty percent this week. This is metal recycling, metal metals, you know, for batteries. I've been talking to a lot of the battery guys, a lot of the metal guys. I met a guy in Michigan who works at one of the top um, battery companies for electric cars. It's funded by Tony. Um, I forget his last name, but he he, he started Nest, and then Apple bought it. And he um, was giving me all my battery technology. I'm learning more about graphene and lithium and nickel and recycling. So I bought that AQMS as well. I used to own it a long time ago. Yes, I still own RKT. So Angry Jack, if you ask me in four months, do I still own RKT? The answer is yes. It's a different, <laughs> it's a different position for me. It's not a position like that I'm recommending for you guys to go trade. It's um, it's not that. Did I we sell? Attempted? We Did attempted? I... Oh, no, no. I move? Oh, I sold some. I sold okay. some. So, so let's say I had – I'll give you the number. Say I have 6,000 shares of RKT. I sold, say, 1,500. No, that's a lie. I sold 1,000. I sold 1,000 shares of RKT between, like, 35 and 40. Um, I sold some at 41, some at 42, but majority between 30 and 40. So should I have sold a lot more? Sure. Um, could, was there a chance that it could have went to 50 the next day? Yeah. You know, pigs get slaughtered. You know that I was trying to be a pig. What do you want me to tell you? 
That's it. A hell of a move. I mean, it was a great call by you to be in it this long. And obviously, a lot of people made a lot, a lot of money on the RKT. I have a small position in it that I just picked up. But yeah, it's, uh, and, I mean, it's up now, like in a decent way. I bought it at 18, Joel. I bought a lot of shares. It was my biggest position. I've, it was my biggest position that I've ever purchased in my life. You know, if we were just like doing position sizings, I do a small, medium, large is how I do it now. And then I have a small, medium, large, extra large, and then supersized. I bought a supersized position of RKT when it went public. Okay. I've slowly trimmed a little bit to free up cash for other things. Um, and, you know, and so in the third, 35, I mean, I could have sold it all. And I, I, yeah, I just, so long term, I want the dividend. Long term, I'm just going to own it and not sell. I mean, to be honest, guys, in this market dip last week, Dennis, there's a good argument to say, Joel, that I shouldn't have um, sold any of the stocks that I sold. And, you know, every dip's been a buying opportunity so far. And do you guys know what's going on right now with the stimulus? Because I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to floor you right now. It'll, it'll take me 30 seconds. Do you want to be floored? Sure. This I, I, thought, un- I thought we're all getting our checks this weekend. That's what they said. Your checks. Spencer, you don't, you don't get it, man. You're, you're, like, you're like so out of this baseball field that you're like in, a, in a football field. I, I, I'm, out of my, I'm out of my depth. Tell me. Tell uh, me yeah, I, I, learned, I learned about this last night. All right. I have a friend that owns three restaurants here in Detroit. He's gonna he's getting a check from Biden or from the government. How much money do you think he's gonna get? He owns three restaurants. Uh, I know Biden. that I, I know that restaurants are one of the big winners of of this package, but I I, I don't have a number. One hundred fifty grand. Yeah, that's a decent guess. Uh, that's fair. What do you what do you think, guys? You want to guess? You don't no have idea. to guess. I have no idea. Okay, uh, I, I said so, hundred. I don't know. Hundred grand. So so just to put it in perspective. If a restaurant gets a million dollars in sales, then they usually keep 80,000 of that. So if you have a million dollars in sales, 60% goes to the food, so that's 600,000. 200,000 goes to the staff, so that's 200,000 left over. Then there's taxes, so the restaurant owner ends up with with about 80,000. Okay. That's not happening with the stimulus. You guys are going to you guys are going to shit your What is the number? Okay. Oh, it's 12 million. What? Yep. 12 million. No one's even talking about it. If, if Trump did this, it'd be he killed. I'm whatever, but what 12 million. He's getting $12 Wait. million. And guess what? Got more to tell you guys. Tax free, no taxes. So his restaurant had $5 million in that last sales. So they're able to go to the government and say, five, instead of claiming that the profitability part, the 80,000, they get to claim all of it. So if it's a small restaurant that can claim a million dollars in sale, sales, they're going to get a check for a million dollars tax free, not the 80,000 that they would get. So if a restaurant had a million dollars less in sales, then the uh, government should say, okay, you're a restaurant, so 20% make okay. goes to you guys. Here's 200000 Instead, I have the whole document in front of me. I get an uh, attorney sent it to me because it was so unbelievable. So he has three restaurants. He's getting five, five, and two for the third one. $12 million so, check. Tax-free so, that he can keep. It's not for employees. It's for him and whatever and it has to be used for supposedly expenses so that is it, 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 it looks like if you have multiple locations you can get up to 10 million dollars and if you have no, if you only if you have, have multiple restaurants if you have multiple restaurants you can't have more than 20 or public stocks so the first reaction i had last night when i heard this is okay what public stocks are we buying well the, because they don't want to go with what trump went through you ca- it can't be public stocks right and well, it can't that, be more okay. than 20 okay Okay, so that makes some sense because every day I I learn learn of a new restaurant that closed near us. So, um, uh, granted, up to five million uh, for one if you have one location, up to ten million if you have multiple locations. Um, but wow. you got to pay this money back, don't you? Like, don't no. they have to pay this back? 
No. It's not just, this is just no. free money. Free money, and it's and even better, even better, Dennis. I really shouldn't say this on this show, but even better. You guys, who who wants a business idea on the show? Maybe people are going to quit Benzinga, but I'll, I'll just tell you, I really wasn't supposed yeah, to publish this. Want, you, you guys ready? Yeah. Go in your local community. So Dennis and Toronto, wherever you are, go in your local community. Find restaurants that are that closed up. Toronto. Try to buy. He's just Spencer. He's just joking, okay? okay. Toronto's just Canada, okay? It's just my unit. <laughs> Toronto is Canada. Don't mention my restaurants to Dennis. Yeah, I already own a restaurant. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Finish, finish your thought. Go ahead, Raz. I'm giving you gold here, guys. I'm fucking giving you gold. Oh, sorry, Joel. Oh, my God. I'm going. This is crazy. I am sorry. I am sorry. I am sorry. I did not do that on purpose. Wash your mouth out with soap. I'm sorry. I did not do that on purpose. Okay. All right. Hold on. I'm going to spit it out. As my friend Q Insider said, go find restaurants that closed up. Try to buy them. And then take the then go to the government and say, okay, they they you know had two million dollars less in sales. Get your check from the government for two million dollars. That'll give your money to buy the restaurant and keep it open. There you go. If you have the capital, yeah. I gotta, I just, you don't need the capital, Spencer. The government's going to give it to you. It's free money. Well, if you yeah, you you gotta you gotta be able to buy the restaurant though, right? I mean, you you tell you tell the restaurant, oh, we'll pay you. I'll pay you in six months. The restaurant, the restaurant already closed up Spencer. Yeah, so now right. it's just the landlord left. And so you gotta, That's you cool. gotta, I know, two, I know a guy who's buying two restaurants here in Detroit right now for that exact thing. He's putting no but money up. Bad tangent before I forget, because you mentioned Orchard Lake and now you're talking about restaurants. Have you ever been up to Allen's up on Orchard Lake? Allen's bakery, Raz? You ever been I there? Not. I have not. Great. Oh my gosh, you got to go there. Great salad, lobster, crab salad, great bread. It's right near Middle Belt. You got to go up that All right, way. Raz, can All I right. help us? Can I help us design the, the Benzinger restaurant menu? Because I have some well, opinions there. Okay, so maybe, and that's there's a restaurant that's in for sale in Detroit right now. It was called Republic. We're not a business. And if I if I get off my lazy butt, I'll go try to buy it and get three million from the government. And then there's nothing really. To, it's free. It's free money. I'm just telling you, go read the restaurant language. There are restaurant owners, multiple in your city, that are going to get millions of dollars that probably won't even fully reopen. Because, All right. again, a, let me just finish. A million yeah. dollars in sales at a restaurant is $80,000 to the restaurant owner. Instead, the government's giving them a full million dollars, and there's no cost. There's no food cost. There's nothing. Like, they should have reduced it by that and made it the profit, and it's tax-free. So you're going to see a lot of people who own restaurants um, have huge money coming in. What you'll be able to spend on your local economy and the stock market. No one's talking about it, but it is truth. It's reality. That's it. I'm not even complaining. I'm just saying there's a windfall happening for restaurant owners. Maybe deservedly so, but I wish it went to more employees. That's what I wish. Like that, like that's the stuff. I don't think that's fair. The owner, the owner's guy says, Oh, it gives us money to pay our employees. But I would rather that 12 million be like, you know, 12 million and like save 70% for the management and then 30% or something like that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, I, I want us to offer fresh, short-squeezed orange juice. We can offer uh, stuffed closing bell peppers. Uh, I've got a few other thoughts. I've got some food-related stock market products. Maryland that, crab cakes? 
Uh, I, I've got I've got several stock market food puns that I'm going to save for our menu for the inevitable Benzinger restaurant. Uh, well, no, the, Jason, these these are not things that he paid back. It's it, it's grants. Let me know why I tell when I'm telling you guys facts. It's not stuff to argue about. These are facts. There's not debatable. So these are okay. facts, facts, facts. Okay, prove me wrong, then tweet to me and tell me I'm wrong. But as of now, these are facts. Guys, thanks for, thanks for checking me out. I'm Jason Rasnick on Twitter. If you have an E-Trade or Schwab account, recommend Benzinga. Send me an email to powerhour at benzinga.com with your name in town and size if you wish to opine, as Bill O'Reilly used to say. But recommend us to E-Trade or Schwab. Send me an email, powerhour at benzinga.com, and we'll send you some Benzinga swag. Just need your name and size in town. Thank you very much for having me on. And that guy, Jason Calvasas, who was ripping on Josh Brown, I'm still angry. <laughs> angry at you don't do that again jason never forgets all right uh that's gonna be a wrap for go. yeah all right dennis is gone joel's about to leave please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or trading advice it's up on the screen right there you can catch this show uh the replay of the show is obviously is on youtube or available via podcast please remember that uh you can watch our show on spotify on soundcloud on stitcher on itunes on google on all the major podcast platforms once again today's show is sponsored by rockwell trading trade what you see not what you think to learn more go to rockwelltrading.com slash benzinga that link is up now on our screen don't forget to smash that like button please and thank you Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.